Amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Well, praise God. Get your Bibles out this morning and just throw them open. Then we'll figure out where we're going to go. Okay, so praise the Lord. Um, Christmas time. Jingle bells. Merry Christmas is upon us. Y'all don't look very excited about it. Praise the Lord. So next, I'm going to try to finish this message today that I thought I could finish in one day, and it's been, you know, a month of Sundays. But anyway, uh, because next, next Sunday is going to be our Christmas service, and so we're going to be doing special Christmas music, so everybody make sure and come, bring a friend, and uh, be preaching a message there. So I want to try to finish this today on covenant. And so if you've been here, if you listen to all the messages, you know, praise the Lord. If you haven't, you can go back and you can go to the Waterhole website or you can go to the app, phone app, and you can re-listen to all the messages, go to SoundCloud, listen to them, whatever, and uh, get caught up because I really believe these messages have been uh, a launching pad for what God's going to do. We're coming into 2020. It's a new year. I'm believing God for a word for us as a church and what we're going to do and and what he's going to do for us, and it's just going to be uh, exciting times. I mean, 2020, man, perfect vision, right? That's what I'm looking for in 2020, perfect vision, what God's doing. And so uh, anyway, we're talking about God's got a covenant. He wants to, he wants to, he has made a covenant with you, but we as people, you know, we don't usually understand covenant. We don't understand what it means. But in order to understand covenant, you have to understand that who God is. And so this whole thing has been about understanding God is a God that when he, sit, when, he, when he gives you a promise, he gives you his word, then he's fully well going to perform it. There's no way that he's not going to perform it. It's impossible for God to give you a promise and then not perform. And I, I, I set this little booklet up there. These are in the bookstore. Two bucks. Two bucks. It's so old that the, the tag looks old. Huh? Oh, it's supposed to. Okay. <laughs> Years ago, I sat down and I went through my Bible. I mean, we're talking, I wrote this, I put this together, oh my goodness, 15, 18 years ago. And I, and I, 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 I went through the Bible and I used some helps uh, to help me here. I wrote down 259 promises in the New Testament, just the New Testament. Okay. 259 promises that God specifically gives to each and every one of us because he's a God of covenant. Then there's 259 promises that he won't break. This is, this is just the New Testament. This is not counting all the things of the Old Testament, all that. Just, and, and I know I didn't get them all. 259 promises that he said he won't break. You may flake out. Hello? Look at the person beside you and say, ah, no, don't say anything. <laughs> you may flake out. All right, God's not going to flake out. God's not going to break his promise. If he said it, he's going to perform it. Because that's a God, a covenant, that's who he is. All right? So we went through all these things. God's a protector. God protects what's his. God's a God of power. He has the power to go about and to bring about whatever needs to be. God is a God of love. His language is a language of love. God only... 
only directs anything towards you, it's in love. There's never anything but love out of God. He can't operate in anything but love. You talk, we talked about that he's a God of forgiveness. His position is a position of forgiveness with you. Right off the bat, he wants to forgive you. Think about that. Right off the bat, as much as you mess up, God wants to forgive you in all of it. You may not want to forgive yourself. You may be disappointed in yourself. God loves you. He wants to forgive you. God, last week we looked at, we talked about God is a God of mercy. His position towards you is a God of mercy. He has shown you mercy, showed the world mercy. And then we accept that mercy. We stand in grace. Amen? Okay, so here we go. I'm going to tie these next two together. Uh, so they're actually like eight and nine. But God is a God. Listen to me. <clears throat> I, I, I'm, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to, to put this in a way that, you know, really sticks with you. But you, you got to say, have you ever been around people that just make you tired? They just make you tired all over. When you get through talking to them, you're just tired all over. They just complain. They're griping. They never have a good word and everything. And so when you're, you're, you're there with them and you're listening to them, you're just like, oh, man, you make me tired. You get tired thinking about having to go talk to them. All right. God's a God that his, he is so, uh, so amazing that whenever you're in the presence of God or with God, God wants to do two things. He wants to heal you and he wants to restore you. Okay, let's think about this. God doesn't, God doesn't take from you. He doesn't diminish you. God doesn't make you smaller. God wants to heal you and restore you. He's always wanting to build you up. He's the God that when you sit down and talk to him and you leave, you're just like, man, I can do anything. Woo! I can go anywhere. I can do anything. You're walking on water. You're above. That's the kind of God he is. That's why I can't get in with you know, churches and, 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 and some kind of doctrines that people have and churches have because, you know, my God's not trying to kill me. He's trying to bless me. He's not trying to make me sick. He's not punishing me. He's not, you know, bringing the wrath upon me. Some people preach such a way, some preachers preach God in such a way that I don't even want to have anything to do with God if he was that away. Y'all with me? That's not who he is. He's a God that when he sits down and talks with you, he wants to heal you and restore you. Okay? Let me go, let's go to Matthew chapter 8, verse 2. Matthew 8, 2. It's, it, there was a leper. He came up to Jesus and says, Behold, a leper came and he worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Now, here you go. You have to understand something. Jesus was God in human form, right? So everything Jesus did, he was representing the Father. Jesus, matter of fact, said, I don't do anything unless I have seen the Father do it. So when the leper comes up, here's a leper. I mean, he's got pieces falling off of him. Wakes up in the morning. He's lost a body part, right? He's a leper. Everybody ran from leprosy because you could catch leprosy. You could get it. Nobody wanted to get leprosy. And so here's this leper. He comes up and he just looks at Jesus and says, Lord, if you're willing, right there, right there, was going to find out what the heart of God and what he believed. Right there. If you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus put out his hand and touched him. Whoo! 
man, nobody would touch a leper. Jesus wasn't scared of leprosy. This offensive disease this man had, Jesus wasn't scared of it. So as crazy as you think you are, as many warped things you may have in your life, Jesus isn't scared of it. Jesus tells us to stay away from evil and wicked people because it'll rub off on us, but he's not scared of it because he ain't going to rub off on him. Jesus reset his hand and he touched him and said, I'm willing. Right there, folks. Stated the mandate of what heaven's direction is towards you. I'm willing. Everybody say, I'm willing. willing. Everybody say, he's willing willing. to heal me. Say it again. Say, he's willing willing. to heal me. me. Now, here comes the problem. Just told you the good news. I hate the good news, bad news things, you know. But that's kind of what I'm telling you. So here comes the problem in the situation. God's willing to heal you. But it goes back to the same The same old thing, you know, like I've told you before, an example, like I have a diesel truck and if I want to run gas in it because gas would be cheaper than diesel at some place, it ain't going to work. And if I pour gas in that truck and try to run it, it ain't going to work. It's going to ruin it, right? And if I take it to the dealership and I say, look, there's something wrong with my truck. It's under warranty. Fix it. I say, well, you put gas in this thing. It don't make no difference. I want it to run on gas. It don't make any difference what I want it to run on. It has to run on the fuel that it's supposed to be designed for that vehicle to work, right? right? Well, then isn't it funny that we can't walk in unforgiveness, we can't walk in hate, we can't walk in anger, we can't walk in all these things and expect to be healed. Glory. How can God heal us when we're putting the wrong fuel in our systems? Right? right? So sometimes we're saying, oh God, heal me, heal me, when really the, the healing needs to be in whatever the area is over here in your life. That's messed up. What we need to be praying is, God, give me the eyes to understand and see what I need to do so that I can be healed. Right? It's having the eyes and the understanding and the Holy Spirit to give you the wisdom because, folks, you can't, you can't eat rat poison and then be praying for God to heal you. you got to quit eating the rat poison. Right? And so what happens to us is people get mad and they think God's not keeping up his end of the, of the bargain. But listen to me, he's keeping up his end of the deal. The end of uh, what he has promised to you, he says, I'm willing. But you're going to have to quit doing some things. It's causing leprosy in your life. That's what we need the wisdom to find out. Okay? So right off the bat, you've got to just settle. God wants you healed. He wants you healed physically. He wants you to heal spiritually. He wants you to be healed soulishly, mentally, right? Hello? Look at the person beside you and say, you're supposed to be healed. We're supposed to walk in healing. All right? But then along with healing is restoration. So that we can be restored to what we're supposed to be. Now, how many of y'all know, uh, you know, sometimes when you do crazy things, those results or hurting other people, or making other damage, or doing this right here, that there has to be restoration to restore all of that to get it back to the proper state, right? But I want you to understand, God wants that in your life. He wants you totally restored. 
He wants you to be restored. And the restoration that you should be shooting for is a garden time with God, just like Adam and Eve. That's the kind of restoration that he wants in your life, where you're walking with him in the cool of the evening every day, having fellowship with him, being blessed every day. That's the goal, right? Okay, look at a, look at a scripture here. Look at Mark chapter 3. It says in Mark chapter 3, verse 1, he entered into the synagogue again, and there was a man who had a, a withered hand. So they watched him closely whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. Woo, man, they really had a good heart, didn't they? I mean, those boys were really in faith. They were really believing God for some restoration in that person's life, right? So they're watching the sick guy up there saying, let's just see if we can catch Jesus so we can get him that he healed on the Sabbath. Wow. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, step forward. And he said to him, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? And they kept silent. So what Jesus is trying to say, look, guys, you're thinking completely wrong. It's not work to be doing good. It's not work to be restoring a person into soundness. That's not really work. When God said, don't work on the Sabbath, y'all have carried this too far. You've got some stinking thinking. You've got some problems in your understanding. In order for me to bring restoration to you, for me to bring healing to you, you gotta, you got to change because you're just saying, God said, don't work. And now you've carried it to where you're letting a man suffer because it's the Sabbath. So then he said, he was grieved by the hardness of their hearts. He said to them, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. And the Pharisees went out immediately, plotting with Herodians against him how they might destroy him. And they're like, oh, yeah, he did it. He did it. Now, that man, the man was healed. You don't hear him saying, wow, that was a pretty good miracle, though. <laughs> Glory to God, that old guy's healed. They said, no, there's out there ringing their hands. Yeah, we got him now. We got him now. We can kill him. So we look at the story from here and we're like, oh man, those people, that's terrible. But they didn't see it. They were deceived. They didn't see the errors of their ways. They were so deceived, what they were looking at was, we have to keep the letter of the law. Jesus is breaking the letter of the law because we're determined that nobody should be healed on the Sabbath. No work should be done. What about the preacher? I've wondered about this. What about the priest in the synagogue on the Sabbath? Did they just come into church and sit down and don't do anything? It's the Sabbath. I can't work. <laughs> right? If I came over there and sat in my chair this morning and didn't, wouldn't get up, said, yeah, listen, you know, I know y'all pay me to work on, the, on Sunday, but it's against the, word of, it's against the law of God, and I'm not going to work. Y'all be over there kicking the back of my chair saying, get up there. get her in trouble okay so you see how you see how deception is set into the pharisees here and they're so deceived they can't see what really is truth folks that's what we got to be careful about that we don't get so stuck in our ways and our own laws our own ways of doing things that we begin to get like the pharisees and we're deceived and we can't walk in healing we can't walk in the law of god we can't walk in the blessing of god because we're stuck in our deception, everybody say, I don't want to be deceived. I don't want to be deceived. And see, that's the problem about being deceived. You don't know you're deceived. All right. But Jeremiah 30, verse 17 says, 
I will restore health to you and heal all your wounds, says the Lord, because they called you an outcast saying, Zion, no one seeks her. God says, that's my attitude towards you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to restore you. Okay? Now, another one. Let's go look at this scripture. Isaiah chapter 1. I just love it. Isaiah 1, 3. Isaiah is prophesying to Israel. He's telling them everything. He's trying to get them thinking straight. And he said, the ox knows its owner and the donkey its master's crib, but Israel does not know. My people do not consider. Alas, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, blood of evildoers, children who are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked to anger the Holy One of Israel. They have turned away backwards. Why should you be stricken again and, and revolt more and more? Your whole head's sick. Your whole heart faints. From the sole of your foot even to your head, there is no soundness in it. <laughs> but wounds, bruises, and putrefying sores. They have not been closed or bound up nor soothed with ointment. So Isaiah's prophesying here, and he just lays it out and says, man, your whole head's sick. You got wounds, bruises, and putrefying sores. They have not even been healed up. You're, you got stinky wounds. Have not even had any ointment on them. Have not had anything done to them. They are wounded. You're wounded, and you got to do something about it. Your whole head's gotten sick. So why does God, why does he want to heal us? Mainly because he doesn't want to smell us. He wants us whole. He wants us complete. How many of y'all know, you know, I, I, I knocked the hide off my hand here the other day. It was bleeding. And then, you know, so you, 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 you put something on it, you know, you try to get the bleeding stop, whatever. But do you know, and it's just amazing to me, you could just leave it alone, don't do anything to it, and it's going to get an infection in it. It's going to turn red. It's going to get, it's going to hurt. It's going to get, you know, all kinds of nasty things on it. But you can go get some. Oh, good old Neosporin. That stuff's a miracle. Rub that thing on there. Couple of days, it's all gone, right? Okay, this is what he's saying here. Life throws you a wound, throws you a bruise. Life does something to you that hurts you. But if you don't get the ointment of the Holy Spirit on that wound and get healed of it, get that ointment on there, it's going to fester, it's going to stay festered, you're going to walk around with a festering wound on your body. I read a... I read an article about leprosy, and I, I, think, I think even Dr. Brown confirmed this, that leprosy, the whole problem with leprosy is they lose the feeling in their limbs, their nerve system is messed up, they hurt themselves, they don't realize they hurt themselves, and that's why infection or things sets into their body. It's not the, 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 the disease, it's not the, the wound, the disease is they can't feel, okay? So they just don't realize they... Stepped on a thorn and it's in their foot until it's all festered. Folks, you can't walk around in life with wounds, bruises, and putrefying sores. So the moment you come to God, God's attitude towards you, his whole being towards you is he wants to see you whole and restored. Okay? But you got to be willing. You've got to be open to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit say, can I put some ointment on that? Starting to stink. That sure looks red. <laughs> Put a little neosporin of the Holy Ghost on it. Get it healed. 
Okay, go to something. Go to Luke chapter 8. Let me show you this story. And then let me show you. I want to give you some points here of how you operate in healing and restoration. Luke 8, 22. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out, but as he sailed, he fell asleep. And the windstorm came down to the lake and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke to him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the raging of the water and they ceased and there was a calm. And he said to them, where's your faith? And they were afraid and marveled saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the wind and the water and they obey him. Okay, now I want to give you a certain, some points here about how to walk in healing and restoration based off this story. It's an amazing story, all right? You notice in this story that Jesus was asleep in the boat while everybody else is freaking out, all right? So we get to be the ones that are freaking out this morning in the story, all right? So you got to understand something. It starts, this story starts out in verse 22, and it says there was a certain day that they went out. Listen to me. Not every day in life is going to be a bad day. Not every day in life are you going to get, get wounded. The enemy wants you to think that every day is going to be a bad day. That it's all the world's going downhill and it's all going to be bad. I had to start learning uh, uh, as I was pastoring the church that, that there's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. Enjoy the good days and deal with the bad days. Life is like that. There's good days and there's bad days, but listen, it's not all bad. Everybody say it's not all bad. bad. Don't listen to what all the world says. It's not all bad. There's joy and there's some peace and there's some grace and some good things in this world going on. Amen? Okay. So the first thing you got to understand is you got to determine just because you're in a bad day today does not mean every day is going to be bad. Everybody say with me, every day is not going to be bad. That's the first thing you got to get through your head. You got to get down. Every day it's not going to be bad. You're going to go through maybe a trial today, but it will come to pass. All right? Second thing here is it says that they were going to the other side. They got in the boat, and in this storm, they got in the boat to go to the other side. All right? The second thing you got to understand in life is as long as you keep your vision no farther than your feet, You're not going anywhere. If you can't muster up enough faith to believe there's something good on the other side, you're never going to get there. Hello? If you can't believe that there's something good on the other side, you're not ever going to get there. If you don't believe that God's goodness is stretched towards you, then why do you want to have anything to do with him? You see, that's the damage that's been done in the church is because pastors have preached the wrong message and preached hellfire and damnation so much that people don't want to serve God because it's like, well, why do I want to go talk to God? He's going to get mad at me anyway. When the truth of the matter is, the truth of the matter is, they're not looking to the other side. They're not looking to God. They're not looking for that because they don't believe God's going to do anything good. And I'm here to tell you that's not true. I'm here to tell you today God's willing to heal you and God's willing to restore you. He wants you healthy. He wants you wealthy and blessed. He wants you walking in good things. But you've got to at least desire to go to the other side. You hear what I'm saying? If you don't want to prosper yourself, you say, I'm just going to take it. I'm just always going to be lowly worm. I'm never going to make it. 
then that's where you're going to be. You're just staring at your feet. You're not looking to the other side. I'm sorry. It's not going to do any good. Hello? I remember years ago, and back in the 80s, uh, somebody came out with uh, sheets and pillowcases that had scripture on them. They may still have them. But the, the selling deal of it was is that you slept on the word, you know. And I thought, well, that's nice. If you read it, read what your sheet said, it might could help you. But just because of the words written on the sheet and you're laying on it is not going to get you in the word. But it was like one of these things that, oh, maybe in magical, you know, might help. And if you read it and got it in your heart, you could get something. But if you just slept on the word, it ain't going to do you no good. Hello? But we want it to. We want to just get the sheets and the pillowcase, the blanket. It's all written in the word and lay in bed. Don't do anything. Lay it on top of us and wake up and you, you're a scholar. That's what we all want, right? We just want the in-shape pill, right? You go there. You just tell your wife, I'm going to sleep. Uh, in the morning, be a new man here. And so you take it and you go to sleep. And the next morning, you just go, step out of bed, Charles Atlas. Six-pack abs instead of a keg, you know, and you're just uh, ripped and roaring, ready to go, run a marathon. I mean, we want it, don't we? I mean, we would work for that, right? If that thing cost $10,000, we'd start saving. Well, let's buy it if I can just get that pill before I get die. <laughs> right? That's what the world wants. But the truth of the matter, if you can't believe that there's something good on the other side, then listen to me. You're in a very bad place. Your wounds, bruises, and putrefying sores has taken over your mind. You are so consumed by it, you can't see there's another side, and you need somebody to take you by the hand and help you over. Right? Okay, third thing is, all right, it's one thing to stand and believe there's something on the other side, and this is where a lot of Christians are. They're saying, oh, yeah, God's good. Oh, yeah, he's going to do it. But are they going to launch out. They're going to do anything about it. You, you find folks and all y'all listening and watching today, y'all are doing something about it. You've launched out. You're in church. You're believing. You're hearing the word. You're listening to the word. You're reading your Bibles. You're going through the plan. You're working over the plan. You're doing, you're, you're doing everything. You're launching out, right? See, because you could just, just looked up and said, yeah, it would be, it would be so good and glorious to go up. But you didn't by faith launch out. You hadn't done nothing. I was looking at our, our phone app, just going over and looking. At, I was looking at the Freedom Prayer. Uh, and I thought to myself, isn't that funny? Right there is a little icon. I think that's what you call it. And if you click on that icon, it takes you to a page that you could fill out. You could go through if everything works right in the system. And then, you know, you could go to Freedom Prayer, get Freedom Prayer set up, and it could change your life. But how many people... Never want to click the button. And you could look at it and you could say, oh, look at that. Oh, yeah, they say, I hear good things about freedom prayer. I hear great things about just going to freedom prayer and it's just so good. And yeah, they say good things. See, you're just looking over there. You at least believe in something there, but you had not launched out. You got to touch the button. Are you following me? Folks, listen to me. You've got to move forward. You've got to launch out. Everybody say, I got to launch out. Okay. Then the third thing, here comes the storm. And so many Christians are giving up whenever they receive any resistance. And I'm telling you, hear me now. God did not promise you no problems. 
God promised you he will walk you through every problem in life and you will be victorious. But he promised you that he would be with you, not that you would not have a problem. So a storm comes up. Now, I've preached this message before, you know, similar to it. Because what always amazed me about this story is these guys are professional fishermen. And so they said that they were about to perish. They said that the boat was going to sink. They were going down. So I'm just going to have to assume that they knew naturally that they were really in trouble. But all they could do at the moment is get a bucket and bail water out. I can guarantee you on that fishing boat, they had a bail bucket. Hello? I remember one time we went fishing. My daddy had a boat. We went fishing. And uh, so... I, I, I'll never forget it. I was, I was young, probably 13, 14. His best friend was with him. His best friend standing on the dock holding the boat, holding the, 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 the rope on the boat. My dad went up to put the truck up, park it, and we were going to go get in the boat. As we get down there, my dad starts coming down, he starts looking, and the boat's sitting in the water. You know, it's like this. It's going down. He didn't put the plug in the back of the boat. And the friend wasn't even noticing what was going on. He just stand there holding the rope, letting the boat sink. So I'll never forget it. My dad says, hurry up, let's get in the boat. And I'm like, the boat's sinking. He said, we got to get out on the water. And I'm like, why are we getting out on the water if the boat's sinking? You ain't got the plug in there. He said, no, we got to run. We got to get the boat running. Let's get it running. That water will come out. And I remember as a kid trying to rationalize this whole thing. We're getting in a sinking boat, and we're going to drive out on the lake. The thing won't hardly run. It's halfway full of water, and this is going to work. This is not, seems to me, stay on land, you know, and let's fight it from there. But it worked, and, 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 and remember, you know, we, we got it all out and everything. But the point is, I didn't know. My dad did know. I didn't know. Well, these guys were professional fishermen. They knew. And if they're saying it's a bad storm, it's a bad storm. But all they got to do is bail. They're just bailing. They're just bailing. They're just bailing water out, bailing water out, bailing water out. And a lot of Christians, you've launched out, but then a storm came, and you got into the storm of life, and it started to, to rattle you, and you don't know anything to do but revert back to what you used to always do, which is bail. Bell water, bell water, bell water, bell water. That's all you're doing. You're just bailing water. Water's coming in. You're not trying to get rid of the stop the water from coming in. You're just trying to maintain what's going on here and you're getting tired you're getting tired of bailing because it's hard work and you've been living in a storm so long and the and you just been bailing and bailing and bailing till you're getting tired and i'm telling you you're, that's no good it's no good to fight from the position of being tired because when you're tired you just want to quit and I'm telling you today, you need the ointment of the Holy Ghost to come into your life and to heal you and to give you some wisdom and revelation. And some of you have been so tired from bailing, you're about to give up. But listen to me, don't give up. You get healed. Don't give up. Get healed. Don't quit. Get healed. Realize what's going on. So what they did was is they, they've determined they're perishing. Their, their vision is we're going to die. Okay. They're not in the middle of the Atlantic. Now, they say that the, 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 the seas there can get very rough and all, but, you know, I mean, come on, folks. Hold, if the boat turns over, hold on. I mean, you don't have to perish. But they have gone from they are going to die. They're perishing. That was the vision they had. Did no one stop to think that if they were going to perish, Jesus was going to perish? And if Jesus is the son of God, and he's in the boat with them back there asleep, that surely everything must be okay? Did anybody tap somebody on the shoulder and say, 
you know, have y'all thought about it? Jesus is with us and the boat turns over, he's going to get wet too. And I don't think, you know, he's going to let that happen. Did anybody come up with that? No, because they're panicked. Because what's happened to them is all they've done, they've bailed to, they've gotten tired. Now they're losing all rational sense. They're losing all rational sense. They're not having, they're not making good decisions. Their decisions are based upon panic. And listen to me, church. If you get to that place in life that you're about to make decisions based upon panic, you need to just stop, don't make any decisions, and pray. You need to get into the presence of God and stop or go get call somebody and say, look, I'm about to do something stupid. Get over here quick. No decision has to be made instantaneously. The devil wants you to think it has to be made instantaneously. He really wants you to think it's going to have to be done instantaneously. Instantly, you have to make a decision. But the truth of the matter is, you don't. All right? So, finally, somebody gets enough sense that they're going to go wake Jesus up. Now, man, I mean, Jesus was either really tired and zed out, or he was playing possum back there to see what would happen. And I'm really not so sure. I don't know. It's one of those things we have to watch the DVD about this thing and ask him when we get to heaven, okay? But I think he was playing possum. I think he was going to see what the boys were going to do, how much they were going to freak out before they turned to him. That's just my opinion, all right? So they wake him up, and it says something here. Verse 24, it says, he arose. Folks, listen to me. In this whole message, and the reason why I've said this message is so foundational for what's going on in life, it's time for you as a child of God to rise to your feet. It's time for you to realize that you are in covenant with the Almighty God, the creator of heaven and earth and all therein. That the blood of Jesus has been paid for your price of your admission to heaven. You have been washed from your sins. You stand righteous and holy before God. It's time to rise up and just get to your feet and say, wait a minute, folks. <laughs> just hold on, storm. Hold on, waves. It don't make any difference to mom all wet. Just stop for a minute. Hold the horses. It is not as bad as I think it is. God, you are with me. You've got to rise up. You've got to get hold of the situation, and you've got to take charge. You've got to quit listening to the devil, quit listening to his lies, quit letting him paint a picture of your future that is bad and bleak. When I was coming home from Guatemala, uh, I met a man on the plane, and he was 71, and, and I, I said, and he, he, anyway, we had a little conversation there. And so he said, yeah, he said, I, uh, he, he establishes churches is what he does. And I said, oh, great. You're in Guatemala? I said, yeah. He said, well, I, I, I've been in Cambodia. I just flew into Cambodia to Seattle. I was in Seattle for three days, and now I'm flying to Guatemala. And I was there for a week, and then I was supposed to fly to Honduras. But he, he said, I got pneumonia when I was in Cambodia, and I haven't been feeling good, and I think I'm just going to go home rather than going on down to Honduras. And I thought to myself, <laughs> you're 71. Look at you. Watch how you're trucking. You with me? My point is, is it kind of made me stop for a minute and think, hmm, look at this guy. He's older than I am. And he's doing more than I am. Right? See, sometimes, folks, the world wants to paint a picture. The, the, the devil wants to paint a picture for you that your world is going to just diminish and it's going to get less 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 and it's going to get less. And I'm saying to you, why are you taking that stance? You've got to rise up and you've got to look on the other side and you've got to realize you're in the boat with Jesus. 
You got to rise up and look and say, you know, it doesn't make any difference what my age is. It doesn't make any difference if I didn't accomplish what I wanted to accomplish when I thought I should have. It doesn't make any difference what's going on. It doesn't make any difference what the future says, what the devil's saying to me. That's just the wind and the storm, and I'm going to rise up, and I'm going to say, no, 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 no. This is the last thing. You've got to say something to the storm. You've got to begin to tell the storm how it's going to go down, not let the storm tell you how it's going to go down. You've got to rise up and say, no, no, wait, wait, God, you saved me. You, this, is it. this is the where it's going to go. This is what's going to happen. This is how it's going to be. I'm going to walk in your promises. I'm going to walk with you. And if you say to me, because I heard it right there in my head when I said that, somebody in here said, or out there said, well, I've been doing that. I hadn't seen anything happen. <laughs> You've just been bailing. Remember I told you about mercy and grace? You haven't been resting in mercy and grace. You've been out there trying to do it yourself and bail. Man, I've wrestled with the devil for ever since I got saved, or really before that. And he ain't eating me yet. I've been broke, rode hard and put up wet. Bless God, I'm still standing. You with me? I'm going up. I'm going, not going down. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I refuse to allow the devil to tell me what's going to go on. I refuse to allow the storms of life to tell me what's going to go on. Hello? You got to rise up in your boat. And you got to do something, church. You cannot just sit here praying a, 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 a little simple prayer and saying, "Oh Lord, help me," and not doing anything about it. You got to rise up. You got to got to get to learning what the Lord's teaching you. You got to get hold of of that God wants to heal you and restore you. You got to let Him begin to restore your faith and your trust and your values in life of of, of what God's going to do for you. Hello, you cannot. Just sit there and let the devil punch you into oblivion. I mean, you know, sometimes, sometimes I, I, I like, I, and I'm, I'm wrestling, and finally I get down to the pack, you know, like maybe I'm getting frustrated, I'm not seeing things happen, or it's like fast as I want to, or whatever, you know, then I'll, I'll just tell the devil to remind him of a few things. And it always ends up, but well, at least I'm not going to hell. I know where you're going. You're going to burn in hell forever. Sizzle like a sausage. No matter what, I'm going to heaven. So just, just get this straight, devil. You're trying to lie to me. You're trying to tell me these things. You're trying to paint this picture of woe, and that's all bull. No matter what, I'm stepping into eternity. No matter what, I'm going to live forever in heaven. No matter what, I'm living forever in the presence of Almighty God. You see, folks, you've got to turn this fight around. You've got to quit bailing the water out of the boat and go sit back there with the one who was asleep and say, Hey, Lord, can you teach me about this? My, 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 you know, and I, I talked to the Lord like this. I said, you know, the way I'm seeing it, <laughs> don't look good. It doesn't really look good. It looks like we're going down. It looks like we're going to sink. But I'm with you, and I know that you do things that are miraculous. And so how are you going to handle this? What would you like me to do? And he said, well, you're scared because of this other thing that happened to you. I'd like to heal you of that wound, put some Set some ointment of the Holy Ghost on it. Get you healed over here first. Don't worry about the storm. Because, see, we're always thinking the storm's got to get fixed. And he's like, I'd like to heal this over here. The other day I was praying about something and, uh, about my own, my own health and, 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 
And the Lord said, you know, you hadn't been running your car right. This is exactly what he told me. He said, you hadn't been running your car right. He said, excuse me? What are we talking about? Running my car right. And the Holy Ghost sat me down and gave me this whole scenario of, you know, he said, yeah, you wouldn't take your car. And, and would you just get in it and, you know, you put it in reverse to back up and you just shove the gas to the floor back as fast as you could, spun it around, stop, threw it back in drive, shoved it to the ground, spun around, you know, stop. You just everything you went, you just went as fast as you could driving it like that, slamming on the brakes, doing that. He said, you'd be abusing that car, wouldn't you? And I said, well, yeah. He said, would you expect that car to last long? I said, no. And he said, well, the same thing with you. You can't run your body like you're doing. You got to change. I was like, oh, great. <laughs> then I immediately said, well, can't you just do a miracle? <laughs> you know, can't you just, just let the anointing oil fall from heaven out of a vase or something, touch my head and do that? I mean, why do I got to mess with this stuff? I don't want to change. And I actually believe that the end of that conversation, ended up, I said, well, okay, well, whatever. Uh, just, I'm going to go on and do my deal, Lord, and I'll see you in a minute because I didn't want to talk to him anymore. It's, it's to be discussed at a later time. But my point is, you see, sometimes we just don't understand that. We're looking at the storm. We're seeing the storm, and we're seeing the storm, and all, that, all we can see is the storm. Water's coming in. We're going to sink. We're going to die. I'm going to drown. That's it. And the Lord's like, I'm here in the boat with you. I'm not drowning. Are y'all with me? He's in the boat with you. You're not going to drown. It's not going to turn over. It's not real. It just looks like it's real. It just looks like it's going to turn over. It just looks like it's a, it, the storm's going to consume you. It's not. Life's going to go on. Jesus is in the boat with you. He'll teach you. He'll heal you. He'll restore you so you can be whole and then function properly again. Amen? Everybody say, I want to be healed. I want to be restored. Amen? Amen. Now, there's one more verse I want to give you, and then I'm through. If I can find it. If I wrote it down. I didn't. It's in the book of Joshua. Mm. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Let me find it. It's the book of Joshua 24. I don't know what the verse is. Joshua 24, it's here. Let's get it closer. Maybe I can see it. It says here, when Joshua's talking about going in there, and since he's drive out the hornets, 13. It says in Joshua 24, 13, when Joshua was talking to the children of Israel, they're about to go into the promised land, about to get to their inheritance that God promised them. He says, I, I have given you a land for which you did not labor, cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat the vineyards and the olive groves in which you did not plant. Okay, the promise of God is towards you that not only does he want to restore you and heal you, but he wants to provide for you in ways that you don't have to labor for. Okay? It sounds real good. So just imagine this. This is God's position towards you. We're looking at, okay, if I could just eek by. If I could just have enough cheese and crackers to make it to the end. 
And God said, no, I want to heal you and restore you. And I want you to be in the position where you're living in houses you didn't even build. And you're eating from vineyards that you didn't even plant. You're just getting to reap the best of everything out there. That's how good I am. That's how great I want to bless you. That's how much I want to give to you because simply I love you. Are you with me? So what I, my challenge to you is, maybe in that story that I was sharing with you out of Luke, you can figure out where you're at. Some of you may be standing on the bank. You hadn't even thought about looking to the other side. Some of you may be out in the middle of it. And you may be in a storm in life right now, and you forgot Jesus is in the boat with you. I don't know where you're at. I know the Holy Ghost will just show you where you're at. But listen to me. I want to pray for you. And I want to believe, God, that today's a, a, a day of change, that you're going to start to go through and understand your covenant with God. 2020 is going to be the greatest year of your life. Amen. I'm believing you're going to have perfect vision for everything. You're going to begin to see the Lord, His ways clearer than you've ever seen before. Things become glorious and great. You're going to be eating from vineyards you didn't plant. The grapes are going to be big. Amen? So stand to your feet. I want to pray with you. So what I want everybody to do is everybody in here, I know that we're all different places in life. So I want you just to just to bow your heads or open your hearts or whatever you want to do here. Raise your hands. You can do whatever you want to. That gets you in a position that you're reaching out to God. And I'm going to pray a general prayer over everybody. If you're out there listening or watching, listen, you can grab hold of this prayer. You can grab hold of Jesus. Right where you're at. But Father, I pray for everybody out there listening and watching everybody in here today. Lord, you know where each and every one of us, where we're at, Lord. Where we're at, the storms of life, where we're at, and just standing on the bank, where we're at, wherever we be, Lord. But first, I pray that everyone today realizes that Jesus is with them. Lord, we're not alone in the battles of life. That, Lord, you were in the boat with us. You were right there. Lord, you're, you're, you were just a few feet from those men. And I pray, Lord God, that everyone in here can feel the closeness of your presence and know, Jesus, that you're right there with them. I pray, Lord, right now that those that have been involved in the storms for so long that they've become weary and tired, Lord, there would be a refreshing of your spirit. Touch each and every person. That, Lord, you would be that God that would be the God of all comfort, who would comfort them with ways that they couldn't even understand, that you would begin to touch them, Lord, supernaturally and bring comfort into their hearts and restore them from just being tired and weary. I declare today, Lord, that there's going to be a new vision placed inside of the hearts of people, that they're going to be believing for, for great things on the other side. And that, Lord, they're going to turn their faith to you they're going to rise up and take hold of your promises. I believe 2020 is going to be the greatest years of their lives. I believe for blessings, supernatural blessings in their life. And right now, I just declare the devil is defeated. And God, you were on the throne of their lives. And that the blessings of God rest upon them. And Lord, we praise you for that. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Everybody give the Lord a hand clap for he's so good. Now, 
I want to have just some prayer team people come down here. Uh, if you do need prayer or anything else, we're here. Need team conversation. Need to get signed up for Freedom Prayer. Need anything right here? There's somebody up here up front. I want you just to grab that person's hand beside you and, and, and just look at them just for just a second and say, you got it. Come on, shake their hand a little bit and say, you got it. Now, Lord, bless them as they go. Let's reach out there to everybody this week. People that are just come across our path to tell them the good news about you, Jesus. And we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We're up here to pray for you if you need anything. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Links in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you. And remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.